this is better. Cool, everyone is, yep, everyone's muted. So Trevor, if you just unmute yourself, please. So yeah, thank you again, Trevor, for today's sermon. Um, I think, yeah, reading, can you hear me? Can everyone hear me? Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just wonder, yeah, again, Romans 10, read it. I said, yeah, I'm really happy that Trevor's doing this one because it's, it's very tricky um, on some of the, yeah, some of the topics that Paul speaks about. So yeah, it would be good to just ask you a few questions. Um, from the sermon and then hopefully uh, if people have some reflections or questions that you have for Trevor um, feel free to, to ask him or uh, yeah, any reflections that you may have for all of us would be great to share as well so I just got a few questions for you Trevor yeah and one of the questions as I was just yeah reading your sermon script was um you spoke about how Paul has such a love and care for the loss um, are there people in your life that have inspired you who had the same love and care for the lost uh, that was a really good question. Yeah, thank you, Denzel. Um, and for your encouragement, it was, um, yeah, there were a couple of people who came to mind. Um, and I realised that they're probably not folks who many of us have maybe heard of, but uh, I, I thought of a really good friend who we knew in Exeter, who was a solicitor practising family law uh, and, and was just so compassionate in his work with people who were dealing with very painful uh, and difficult situations. Uh, I thought of a friend from Yardley Wood, Alan, who is now the church secretary, uh, who whenever I arrived in Yardley Wood in the first week, uh, he came to me and he said, I've just retired as a teacher and I am sick of kids being turfed out of mainstream education and wandering the streets. And they wandered the streets around our church, which they did. Uh, and I want to do something about it. And, and it was Alan who ended up working very closely with me and a few others. And we, 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 we sort of got the church to the point of setting up an education project. And I thought of another friend in Yardley Wood who was just very patient. Uh, and she just came alongside so many people who were struggling uh, and was calm and involved herself in other people's mess. And, and um, I suppose I thought of churches as well. I can think of um, some of us here may know of Urban Expression. I'm sure you've come across yeah. Denzel, who, yeah. you know, people who are enormously sacrificial in going just and living in areas of deprivation and, and being a, a presence there. And I suppose I just thought, all these people, is there something in common? I, and I, I guess it's, it's they're, they're marked by love. They're marked by a willingness to make sacrifices um, and, and humility. So I, I wouldn't describe any of these people as being um, bombastic uh, or, or overbearing. They're, they're, they're just very loving, very well mm. alongside others. And um, I, I don't think any of them would, would have a black and white faith or say that they know all the answers. Yeah. But they reveal Jesus to other people. Absolutely. In very loving ways. Uh, so, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about kind of being around people who are so passionate about something, and sometimes that passion begins to rub on you as well. Mm. So, yes. 
Um, so yes, the other question I had for you, Trevor, was um, you spoke about how Paul makes it clear in his letter that the gospel is for everyone. How should this message be applied to our church? Uh, I, I, I mean, my answer, I suppose, is, is <laughs> I mean, if it's not a very good answer, I, I just I think it, it is about, are we always thinking, are we trying to reach everyone? You reminded me, I remember reading years ago, um, a book called um, The Purpose Driven Church. Oh, yes. And we had a minister, this is an interesting story, we had a minister who was very into sort of Rick Warren's uh, approach to ministry. And in The Purpose Driven Church, which is kind of the story Rick Warren tells about he built his church in, in California in Saddleback. He tells the story about a kind of prototype person they're trying to reach. They built a profile, you probably remember then, Denzel, of this guy they called Saddleback Sam. Yeah. And they worked out what this, this, this guy was like, um, what sort of job he did, what his hobbies were, you know, like what radio station he would have listened to and music. And then they thought, we're going to build a church which appeals to, to, to this person. And I always remember you know, thinking about that approach, that's great. But if, if you're only trying to reach one type of person and that's who you have in mind, how are you ever going to build a, a, a community yeah. that shows the diversity of the kingdom? Yeah. And, and, I, and I guess, um, you know, it's just about maybe saying, I, I think a lot of churches think in terms of trade-offs, you, you know, we're only going to build a, a vibrant church if we uh, are trying to reach young families, I don't know, which seem to be the holy grail uh, for a, a, a lot of churches. Well, I just it doesn't have to be a trade-off. Yeah. You, you know, you, you can be working just as hard to reach those families as you are reaching all the people who are moving into retirement competition in the area. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I think it's just about saying, constantly reminding ourselves are, are we being, yeah, are we making every effort to be as diverse and, and, and as ambitious, if you like? Absolutely. And in, in trying to, to make this a space where everyone can, can feel like they belong. And maybe that gets into the service and stuff as well. You, you, you know, is this a sort of service where lots of different types of people would feel at home? Or actually, would it only work for me? if I want something traditional, or would it only work for me if I'm looking for something uh, very right on? You, 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 yeah. Questions like that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. And the last question I had for you is, um, is it possible for our church to be narrow-minded in the way God wants to work in our church? Um, yeah, I guess it is. And, and well, I mean, I, 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 I guess this is the heart of what Paul is wrestling with. Yeah. You know, how come the Jewish people uh, have failed to recognize the Messiah? And, and, and I suppose I, I thought again about this, Denzel. It's just, you know, for any of us as individuals and for any of us as churches, it's just so easy to get stuck uh, in one place uh, or in, in one moment. And it's often a good moment, actually. Um, it's often a good moment because we, we've seen God do something and we've seen him work in one particular way and, and we think that's how it always should be. Uh, and I think it's helpful to bear that in mind. I've never met anyone who is determined to rebuild the worst experience they ever had in church. You know? But there are lots of us who are probably trying to rebuild uh, and, and recreate the best moments 
yeah. we've, we've ever had. And there's something about following Jesus which surely has to include a, a constant willingness to lay down what we're holding on to yeah. uh, for the new thing to come. thought again when you posed that question about John 15, the image of the vine and Jesus' words, second half of verse 2, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Which is really hard to listen to. I can understand Jesus cutting off the bits of me that aren't fruitful. But the fact that he prunes what is fruitful as well, and he does that in order for more fruit to, to, to come through, you know, what does he need to prune in our lives? Yeah. For new growth uh, to happen. And what does he need to prune in the church for new growth to happen? It's yeah. Challenging. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for those reflections, Trevor. So I'm just going to open the floor up for anyone who has any questions or reflections um, on Romans 10. Feel free to just wave at me like my boss is doing now, and I will unmute you. Right. Well, uh, I agree with uh, you both, Trevor and Denzel. I found it, uh, uh, chapter 10, hard going. <laughs> uh, I did. So, that. Uh, so I just wanted to say that. But also, when you, uh, I know Purpose uh, Driven Church and other books, and I was reminded I've, uh, I've got uh, a piece written by Rick Warren on my, on my uh, study table. Um, but when he, when he focused the success, he went back through all the years he'd been a minister and, and the salary and he calculated the total amount of money he'd been paid in, as salary. And, and he, he gave it back to the church out of the, the profits from his book. And I, I'll always remember that. So I just wanted to uh, share that with everybody. Uh, yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. End of. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Any other reflections or questions? Just wave at me or unmute yourselves. Or if you have a yeah, if you have a reflection as well. Jerry. Yep, yeah. Good, good morning, family. Good morning. Um, I, I wanted to actually. This is it's a balance, and it's one that I've been holding on to for a week because last week I wasn't able to get onto um mm. onto the Zoom, and and last week's message I just felt so powerful and so um challenging and moving. And I wanted to see how there's how we sort of balance that hard tension between trusting God and then also acting boldly with the sort of zeal that um, Paul is talking about here. Um, because you know, there's that thing where it's hard to oh, essentially yeah. it kind of come back. It kind of comes back again. And there's that these the Jews were struggling with their own zeal because it was they were imposing their sense of righteousness on it. And I yeah. feel like it reinvokes that same question from last week. Of how do we get that balance between trusting God and letting go, but also meant to speak honestly and speak truth to power and, and to step into that boldly. And that's what we're called to do. How do we, what are useful techniques we might have developed to, to work that out or to, to really discern what is our will or God's will? Mm, gosh, big questions. Well, I, I think that's really helpful, Jerry. Gosh, there's so much, there's so much to sort of 
that could be said into that. I think we forget, don't we, how truly radical the early church was. Mm. You, you, you know, their, their whole their whole view of history and the time they were living in was completely shaped by you know, that, that image at the end of Romans 13. The night's nearly over. God's going to call time and all of this. You, you know, and, and my goodness, to be the heart of Rome, all of the power of the Roman Empire around you, and to hear that message from Paul, <laughs> you, you know, the new world is coming and actually clothe yourself and, 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 and get, uh, get, get aligned with that. And, and I think it is just about, so there is something about, yeah, is, is our whole view of the world actually shaped, radically shaped by that understanding that what is what will really last will be the kingdom of, of, of God? Yeah. And that kingdom is a way of peace. That kingdom is a way of God calling lots of people of different tribes to himself. That kingdom is a way of, of, of nonviolence. Um, and, and, you know, th- those, those lines, I know they're not actually in Romans 13, but they're in 12, about blessing and not cursing, yeah. have been so much on my mind uh, as well. You, you, you know, uh, what, is it, what does it look like? for me to pray for President Trump, even though I am appalled. Uh, because we have to do that. And, and, and you go onto social media and some of the responses to this man's illness have been dreadful. You know, and, 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 and we just have to say, we, we don't stand, we don't stand for anything that you stand for. We don't stand for division and dividing and ruling and wanting to cause chaos, uh, as, as you seem to stand for, but we're going to pray for you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, um, and, and there is something yeah and how we have that determined resolve to say we're, we're going to have our view of the world shaped differently I think yeah. is, is part of it Jerry but also the trust as well I mean it seems to me you look at the American church there isn't a trust because <laughs> they're trying to take power into their own hands yeah mm-hmm. You know, it's it's well, we'll trust you, God, but actually, we really want to have all our Supreme Court justices uh, nominated and, and and on the bench. And um, you know, this is something that when God calls us to work for Him, is He calling us to take power, or is He calling us to live differently and radically? Which might mean it's we're going to look like quite a defeated minority people. Yeah, and, and it's it's. It's getting that balance, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Any last few questions or reflections before we go into our breakout rooms? Okay. Yep. Nope. All right. Awesome. So uh, we're going to go into our breakout rooms.